Hey, thank you for joining me today for uh, Vertical Vision. Uh, the issue that's really on my heart to uh, discuss today is the issue of rest. Uh, we live in a time where there is very little rest and a lot of stress. Uh, just a couple of months ago, the American Psychological Association released a study, Stress in America. And what they found was that stress in our country is growing at a very rapid rate. And currently, 80% uh, of Americans are very, very stressed out about major things that are happening in our country and, and in our world today. They're stressed out about the uh, war in Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine, and the potential maybe of that becoming a global war. They're stressed out about Russia taking retaliation somehow upon the United States uh, for, for assisting Ukraine. They're stressed out about the economy. They're stressed out about inflation. They're stressed out about making ends meet. They're stressed out about supply chain issues where you can't get the basic needs uh, met because you can't get the things you need. Think of the baby formula shortage. Uh, just a lot of basic things. Uh, and, and what they're finding is the people who are really at the breaking point as far as stress is concerned is parents and caregivers because their roles already have a lot of stress involved and then you add these issues on top of that and it just pushes you to the edge. But there's hope. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11 to come to him to find rest. And when he said that, he was talking to a group of people that were in situations really not that much different than ours. Uh, you know, he's talking to, to Jews, to Israelis, and Israel is an occupied country by the Roman Empire. Uh, they're taxed heavily by Rome. They're treated harshly by Rome. They have little, if any, rights. Uh, you, you never knew from day to day, uh, how things might go politically or economically because you were at the, the mercy, so to speak, of an empire that just saw you as another cog in its wheel. Um, you didn't have a whole lot to look forward to. And then on top of that, you had a religious system where uh, the Pharisees in particular just laid a whole bunch of rules and regulations and traditions on people, telling them that if they jump through all these hoops and have a uh, great performance record, then they'll be acceptable to God. And it was just devastating to them. You know, and I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you feel like you've got to perform before God, but it's horrible. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not performing. I'm making mistakes. I'm sinning. I'm falling. You know, does God still love me? And Rather than finding rest in this relationship with Jesus, we get stress. And that's not a place where we want to be. And then you add to this the, the stress that comes with sin. And everybody faces that. The guilt of sin, the shame of sin, the consequences of sin, uh, the damage that sin does, uh, it, all, it all weighs on us. And so Jesus says to come to him. So let's take a look at this. And, and I want to start in verse 27 of chapter 11. 
uh, because it gives us uh, a real important piece to this this uh, this foundation, I guess, if you will. Jesus says, "All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son wills to reveal to him." So before Jesus goes any further, he's making it clear that the Father has given everything over to the Son. Jesus has supreme authority. We forget that he is God. He is the creator and all authority belongs to him. So when we face issues in life, we're not coming to Jesus as a, a man or just a savior. We're coming to the second person of the Godhead the creator of the universe who has authority over all things seen and unseen, eternal and temporal. He's the one who's in control. And that's such a great encouragement because what better place to be than with the one who has control over everything, all power over everything. So with that, Jesus goes on and says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The place that we find our rest is in Jesus, and he's the one that gives the rest. It's not something we generate and you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are out there today to try to help people deal with stress, right? Um, and there's nothing wrong, you know, with, with them. And a lot of them are good things that we need. Uh, you know, they've got things like uh, little stress balls that you squeeze, you know, when you're feeling stressed. Or, uh, you know, people tell you to, you know, think about positive stuff or exercise. That's a huge uh, and great way to help deal with stress. But it doesn't necessarily help you deal with the issues and the problems. It just helps alleviate some of that pressure that's building up in our lives. But Jesus says, you come to me and I will give you rest. He's the source of that rest. And he's talking about people who are weary and heavy laden. They've got all this stuff on their shoulders. Over in Matthew chapter 6... Jesus tells us not to worry, not to freak out about stuff. And, and uh, he says in, in chapter 6, verse 25, For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But God... Uh, so clothe the grass of the field, which is alive today 
and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek for all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I love the fact that Jesus tells us, look, (coughs) don't worry. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And the Father will take care of everything else. All we need to worry about, if you pardon the phrase, is just our relationship with the Lord. Seeking Him. Because God knows what we need. And realistically, when we are in tough financial times and such, we can go to the Lord and ask for help. And, you know, he's great. He, he really, I've seen in my life where he'll let me see our finances in a way that uh, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I can make this work. And it gets us through. Or sometimes just a check will just show up in the mail, no joke. And there it is. And we've got what we need to, to get through and, and um, move forward. Uh, he, he's a provider. He loves his kids. He cares about us. And if we go to him and ask him for help in all manner of things, he will answer us because he loves us. He cares about what we're going through. Um, over in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, I love the way that Peter talks about this um, because he gives the, the picture, the imagery of a weightlifter dropping his weights. Uh, he says in verse 7 of chapter 5, 1 Peter, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, before that, he says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that word for casting is that picture of, you know, like one of those Olympic weightlifters who have just hundreds of pounds that they're lifting up over their head. And then they get to that point and they're just shaking and all, but uh, they can't handle the weight anymore. And then what they do is they just let go of the bar and step back. They don't try to gently put it down. It's already uh, weighing them down and they're, they're, they're buckling under the strain. So they just let go and back away and boom, down come the weights. And that's exactly what Peter's telling us. All of our anxieties, all of the things that we're dealing with, just drop them, let go and back off and dump them onto Jesus. Let him carry those things. Let him heal you. Let him strengthen you. Let him help you and give you wisdom and direction and work your circumstances and such to help you in those things rather than you buckling under the weight of the anxiety, the stress that those things cause. So that's that key thing. Come to him. Drop your anxieties at at his feet. You know, seek his kingdom first. Everything else will be taken care of. He loves you. 
And then in uh, Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 29, Jesus gives some instruction here uh, after saying, come to him. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what this picture is, and this is something that we're not really familiar with in our, in our culture, most of us at least, is this idea of, of an ox or a pair of oxen, uh, in this case, uh, doing the work in a field. Um, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, then what he's talking about here, it's a, it's a two, uh, two uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, a two-animal yoke, okay? And what they used to do, and maybe they still do this today, is you have somebody, you had an animal that had no experience whatsoever in handling the work on the farm of plowing the field and pulling and, and doing the labor. And so you just didn't take that poor ox and strap a yoke to it and say, boom, okay, get out there and go. And you start whipping them and you start uh, yelling at them, trying to get them to understand what they need to do. Um, they're, they're not there. They can't. They don't have the strength or the experience. But I think a lot of us have this idea that when we come to the Lord, there's this thing where the Lord just tells us what to do and then he's just kind of pushing us or even, you know, cracking the whip at us, telling us to get our act together and do what we need to do. And that's, that's so far from the truth of, of the way the Lord deals with us. What they would do with, with an inexperienced animal is they would put that animal with a very strong and experienced animal, an experienced ox. And so you had the inexperienced ox with the experienced one, and the experienced one carried the bulk of the load, set the pace, and taught the inexperienced ox. And so they worked together, and over time, that inexperienced ox became stronger wiser, experienced, and, and well-suited to, to uh, do the work that needs to be done. And so there's a life for us as Christians that we're supposed to live. And if we walk in God's ways and we do what the Word of God tells us, then guess what? it's going to be a lot easier on us because he's the one who does the bulk of the work. Over in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, uh, you know, Paul says that God works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Now, a lot of people see the part in verse 12 that says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And they have that uh, you know, being pushed and driven by a taskmaster kind of mindset where you've got to work out your salvation and you've got to perform. And that's not what it's talking about because it follows right afterward with, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to exercise, be active in your faith, okay? Put it into practice. And God works in you by the Holy Spirit to help you will to desire to do it, 
and give you the power to be able to do it. So it takes us right back to Matthew chapter 6, where, I mean, 11, where Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. See, that's what discipleship is all about. When we come to Jesus and we hook ourselves to Jesus, then he's the one who carries the weight in this walk. He's the one who guides us and teaches us and instructs us and gives us the help we need to grow and to become proficient and mature in our relationship with him. And uh, uh, he says, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, okay? For I am gentle and humble of heart. Learn from him. The easiest way to figure out how to handle things is just to watch Jesus and to read his word. How did Jesus deal with the issues of life? How did he deal with his family? How did he deal with people who were brutal to him, who betrayed him, who hurt him? How did he deal with people who were hurting? How did he deal with his own grief and sorrow and intense emotional strain and pain that he faced? Well, all we have to do is learn from him, watch him, Listen to him as he teaches us from his word, and then he'll help us do those things. But again, it means coming to him and spending time with him. And he says, I am gentle and humble in heart. So going back to that, that mature ox and that inexperienced ox, the mature ox was meek or gentle, and it's a term that means strength under control. And so when the inexperienced ox was teamed up with the experienced one, the experienced one did not take that other ox, the younger ox, for a drag. Just boom, you know, bolts off across the field and the poor, you know, inexperienced young ox can't keep up and they're stumbling and tripping and falling and they're being choked by the yoke and it's burdening them and it's a painful experience. That's not what happened. The mature animal was very controlled and very methodical as it walked, allowing the, the younger one to be able to keep up, stay in pace, and learn the ropes. And that's what Jesus does with us. He doesn't shove us and push us forward, nor does he drag us along. And on top of that, he doesn't look down on us. He says he's humble in spirit. I was reading a, a book by J.B. Phillips called Your God too, is Too Small. And in reference to this, he said, you know, God is perfect, but he's not a perfectionist. A perfectionist is somebody who has an unreal expectation of themselves to perform without flaw. And they also impose that expectation upon other people. And they get upset and frustrated with other people do not live up to the, the perfection that they impose upon them. That's not God. He's humble of spirit. He is the one who has humbled himself before us and cares about us and has given himself on the cross. And in, in uh, Psalm 103, verses uh, 13 through 14, there's an incredible picture of this. Um, 
actually, let me, let me read this to you. Going to verse 6 of Psalm 103. And listen to what it says about God's attitude toward you and me. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. There's that gentleness. There's that humility. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Now listen to this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. Picture that. Verses 13 and 14. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. He knows what we're made of. He knows we fail. He knows we fall. He is there to help us. And I think one of the best pictures of this is looking at how Jesus dealt with the disciples. I mean, think about it. Here's a bunch of fishermen or tax collectors or zealots, you know, and they're just, they're a hodgepodge of regular guys. And then add to that, you know, you've got Mary and Martha and, and a bunch of other Marys and gals that are also within that group that follow Jesus. They're his disciples. So they've come to him and he is teaching them, but they do not have their act together. They argue about who's the favorite. They argue about who's the greatest. They debate on everything. They are self-centered. They are messed up. They are frail. They sin and they screw up all the time. And yet Jesus does not drop the hammer on them. He does hold them accountable. He does uh, uh, get a little firm with them from time to time. But he teaches them. He instructs them. He knows they're just people. And Jesus knows that you and I are nothing more than dust. We're dust that he loves, that he has a wonderful purpose and a glorious eternal life for us, a life that he wants to use us in. But he knows what we're made of. And so we don't have to worry about performance before the Lord. If we mess up, he's compassionate, abounding in loving kindness. He casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. I mean, you can't get better than that. So we don't have to carry an unnecessary burden of perfectionism because that's not God's heart. Just come to him and he'll give rest for your souls. His burden is light and his yoke is easy. 
That's what he says. And that word for easy means it fits well. It's not going to rub you the wrong way. It's not going to chafe. It's not going to slip and slide and bang against your head or, uh, you know, hurt you. It's perfect for you. It fits well. And he's attached to that. And he's working with you to help you. So whatever you're dealing with, okay, it, it doesn't matter what it can be. Jesus knows, remember, he lived his life for 33 years as a human being. He knew everything from losing of a parent. You know, uh, history seems to indicate that Joseph died at some point when he was young. He knew what it was like to be unappreciated and misunderstood by his family. He knew what it was like to be an outsider. He knew what it was like to be hated and despised and abused. He knew suffering like no human being. He knew pain and agony. But look at the relationship that he had with his father. Look how he held to the word. Look how he spent time with his father in prayer. And you look at the strength and the, the rest that Jesus had. <coughs> Pardon me. I, I think of like when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and they're going across the Sea of Galilee and the storm is raging and it's just, it's buffeting them and the disciples are scared to death that they are going to die. And so what they do is they cry out to Jesus and it's like, Lord, we're perishing. Don't you even care? And Jesus is asleep in the bow of the boat. He's out cold. They're freaking out. They're stressed out and he's asleep. He's at perfect rest because he's right where the father has him. And the father's got everything under control. And you and I can sleep in the storm. We can rest when things are buffeting us because Jesus loves us. Jesus has it all under control. Jesus will get us through. He's not going to let us go down. And so be encouraged, my friends. Just spend time with Jesus and take everything and just dump it in his lap. Lay it at his feet and say, I need your help. I need your hope. I need your strength. I need your answers. I need your grace. I need you to get me through to the other side because I feel like the ship's sinking and I don't feel like I'm going to make it. You know, and here's a thought, you know, even if the boat sinks, Jesus can even help you walk across the water. All we got to do is keep our eyes on him, you know. It's okay. So this world is in a crazy place. It's tough to get by from day to day. We're under a lot of, of uh, stressors in our world. But you know what? Jesus has it all together. And all we have to do is just stay close to him. And he'll take care of everything else. So please, listen to the Lord. Come to him, you who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest. Follow his instruction. Take his yoke upon you. Do things his way because it's good for you, and he'll help you do it. 
and he'll give you the strength and he'll train you up and you will make it to the other side. You will rest when everything else around you is going haywire.